0: Hey Pat, what do Paul Ehrlich, uh COVID vaccines returning us to normal, and secular Christmas all have in common? What do you think?
2: Wait, so Paul Ehrlich, mm-hmm. secular Christmas, mm-hmm. and the and, COVID jab?
0: And, and the jab allowing us to get back to normal. What do they all have in common?
2: They're all demonic.
0: That too. But also, they all happened while we were away. So Uh welcome back. Uh Welcome to 2023 here on Critical Thinking. I'm Andrew Coppins, he's Pat Oni, and we're about to get into it. First off, welcome back, Pat. It is great to be alongside you after almost two full weeks. You just left me and hung me out to dry for two weeks, Pat.
2: I I did. I I thought I gave you ample warning for that, by the way. This is true. This is true. I Uh I did
0: have a good time uh, flying solo, but um, for those of you who are not watching on the Rumble page and listening via podcast, thank you. But uh, we have a brand new look, uh, a little sprucing up of the look of the show. Um, So you might want to check that out. Go to rumble.com backslash critical thinking rumble.com backslash critical thinking.
2: By the way, you're welcome. For what? Well, you see, I make this show look good. You know, you were saying how no, good the no, show looks now. No, I, I'm, no, I, it's because I'm back. no, no, like, it,
0: no, but no, it has to do with the <sighs> graphics, not you. Oh, see, I thought it was never, never about you. It is never about you, whether you're it, at it, home, it, at work, or always, on this show. It's always it is about No, definitely not. You're a married man. You know it's not about you. Dude,
2: Dude, dude ginger lives matter. <laughs>
0: Moving on, some things have not changed, but what are we going to do here on our first show of 2023? Well, um, <clears throat> we're going to talk to you about the absolute worst takes that we saw over the course of our almost two weeks off. And by the way, Maya copa for all of you that were expecting some shows and some evergreen content, if you will, over the Christmas break. I apologize. I accidentally literally deleted about an hour and a half of our work, Pat.
2: Yeah, good job, by the way. And I could not get it back. So,
0: Yeah, stellar job. Here's stellar, the good no. news, though. We, know, we know what kind of shows we are doing, so um, over the course of this month, we will give you those shows. Um, we are just going to do them in um, side of the regular show, and then we'll also break them out. So, yes, uh, we will still provide you with that great evergreen content, just in a different manner, probably on Thursdays this week or this month, I should say. But on today's show, we're going to be talking about some of the absolute worst takes, and later on in the show, second half of the show, or second, well, maybe the fourth quarter of the show, we're going to be giving you our predictions for the year 2023. So, uh, this this whole idea, Pat, kind of sprung up in my head as I'm sitting here, and you're you're away, you're kind of putting your... Um, a hat on the uh, shelf for a little while, and and I'm over here going, dude, huh, what is going on with like take after take after? Like, what the absolute hell is going on? And a- and then you 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 just aren't responding, and then you s- didn't respond. So I I told you what I was going to do. I was going uh-huh. to literally put a put a thread together, if you will, of the worst takes of uh, break while we were away. Uh Uh-huh. And it was more insane than I thought it was going to be. Let's just put it that way. Uh Uh-huh. So we're going to start with this, Pat. Um, Remember way back when, when Whoopi Goldberg got in trouble for being a raging anti-Semite?
2: That was, what, a few months ago? I was like, I think it was October of 2021. Was it October
0: 2021?
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was was just over a year ago. Okay, so maybe it was a little over a year ago.
0: And if not, okay, a few months, a year. Okay. Somewhere
2: in there. (laughs) It's happened somewhat recently. And, And
0: for those of you who don't remember, Whoopi Goldberg got in trouble for suggesting that the Nazis went after the Jews... Not because of race, but because of something else. And went on to suggest that the that it was a... It, they didn't go... They weren't the only ones. Now, that is true, right? The, the Jewish people were not the only ones targeted by the Nazi parties and Adolf Hitler. It was the infirmed. It was the mentally handicapped, physically handicapped. It was all sorts of, basically, if you didn't subscribe to the Aryan Master Race, they were going to attempt to exterminate you. Um, like I have told this story in the past, when my wife and I, when we were in Munich, we went to Dachau, and we had one of the best tour guides out there. And he gave us a nice bit of information. You, you think concentration camp, you think Jewish people going to the death chambers, and that's it, right? Because that is basically what history has told us. But at Dachau, when you look, there are three places, three memorials at the back end of the camp, okay? And on the left-hand side, when you're looking at them, is the Jewish memorial. On the right-hand side is a Protestant memorial. In dead center in the middle is a Catholic memorial. Hmm. More Catholics were killed at Dachau than Jews or Protestants or anybody else. I actually didn't know that. Mm-hmm. More Catholics. Mainly largely because the Catholic Church held a lot of power in Bavaria and in Munich, especially during that point in time. And the clergy of the Catholic Church in Munich were in the way, basically. So I will say this. I understand part of what Whoopi Goldberg was trying to say back in the day. Okay. I understand it. But to suggest that the Jewish people are not a race, to suggest that this was white on white crime and they're trying to whitewash it as she did was utter insanity. So you would think, Pat, whether it was a few weeks, a few months, a few years, one might—I don't know—not repeat the same mistake, because if it was truly a a miseducation of Whoopi Goldberg, you might suggest that you got educated, right? You would think so.
2: I'm well, gonna Pat, guess she didn't, though.
0: <clears throat> According to the New York Post, um, Whoopi Goldberg gave an interview over Christmas time sometime in December. My best friend said, not for nothing, is there no box on the census for the Jewish race? So that leads to me or that leads me to believe that we're probably not a race, Goldberg said to the Sunday Times of London in an interview promoting her new movie, Till. It wasn't originally about race, Goldberg insisted, noting the Nazis also killed people they believed to be, quote, mentally defective. Yes. be they killed people who they believed to be mentally defective. They also yeah. killed people who they believed to be physically <clears throat> defective. They also killed people who didn't have the right hair color, like Pat. That would... If he was in Germany, he would have been killed. That's hurtful.
2: Well, for like three reasons. Oh, well, wait! There, there are three reasons why they would kill a ginger. No, it's not just because you, you have a you have a physical disability. Oh yeah,
0: I've 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 right, and then you and then you're you're not you don't have brown or blue eyes and blonde hair. That's strike two, and then strike Man, three, you're, you're a Mormon. Oh, yeah. You would have yeah. been triply screwed. Just saying.
2: Yeah.
0: So, yeah. it would have yeah, gotten you right.
2: dead three times there. I, I, I'd been hosed. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. You would think that after all of this that has gone on in your life, Whoopi Goldberg, you would stop with the anti-Semitism. That's what the hell is she doing? Because there's no I, I, Jewish I thing on a box, right? On the census box. Right. There's no way to. <sighs> mm. I, I just yes, have one. Question. I get it. I get it. They're not a like see you kind of race. There are they are a race of people. There's a reason why it's called anti-Semitism.
2: <sighs> I, I just have one question. Yes, Pat. How long before she's kicked off the view for this? Well, she was already suspended once. I know. so that that's why I'm saying, like, okay, now she's done this again. You would think that the next move would be she gone. She because here, here's the thing: if you and I did this, no, we course. would have been canceled the first look, time.
0: Look, yeah, I don't even want to play the "if you and I did it" game. I, I, I just don't. On this, this is insane. It is insane. That's have my point. They bothered to come out and say anything since this, Pat? Mm, no, not to my knowledge. Not to my knowledge. They've just let this slip under the rug. Let me let me suggest this. Once it's a mistake, twice, you mean it.
2: It's, it's the... Uh, you have a once.
0: severe consequence for doing this the first time. And then right. you repeated the exact same claim a second time. This is a learned behavior of Whoopi Goldberg. Mm-hmm. And by the way, quite a few others on the left. This is their uh, anti-Semitic personalities coming out. This is who they are. She is telling you exactly who she is. She is a absolute trash human being, period, point blank. If you are an anti-Semite, if you are a racist, you are a trash human being. Now, one of the most insane things, Pat, that happened while we were away was the passing of a $1.7 trillion omnibus bill.
2: I mean, come on. This has happened how many times over the last few years?
0: But, 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 Pat. That's not the uh, insane thing. That is not the worst take. Okay. Ocasio-Cortez became, yes, that's right, AOC Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez became the only Democrat to vote no on $1.7 trillion of spending.
2: Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. wouldn't, Wouldn't that be a good thing? Um, Rep. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez
0: was the only House Democrat to vote against $1.7 trillion omnibus spending package on Friday, voting no on the measure, wait for it, because of increased funding for defense and federal agencies that oversee immigration. In a statement on Friday afternoon, Ocasio-Cortez said that she was concerned about funding in the bill for Immigration and Customs Enforcement and the Department of Homeland Security in addition to the $858 billion in defense spending, quote, I campaigned on a promise to my constituents to oppose additional expansion and funding for ICE and DHS, particularly in the absence of long-overdue immigration reform. For that reason, as well as the dramatic increase in defense spending which exceeds even President Biden's request, I voted no on today's omnibus bill. Now, she was okay with all of the other bullshit that was in this bill. All of it. She was totally kosher with it. But she draws the line at borders and defense.
2: Well, never mind that we're spending money that we don't have. You're not voting for it because of that. She was
0: totally on board with this entire thing, except for that.
2: Well, I mean, mind you, she's one of those that wants a completely open border, right? So. Right. What's well, a border? Um, does it does it surprise you, though? I mean, it, yes, it's dumb that, that that's the reason why she voted th- against it. That's the her take Trump. on
0: all of this. Your, your take on all of this from AOC is, I love the spending except for that. Right. You know, the things that keep us somewhat safe and, you know, we're not fighting wars on our borders here, well, inside of our own border, although you can make an argument that uh, the crushing of our border towns and cities is kind of like war. Um, Uh what the absolute hell is going on here? The Bob hat. Um, maybe maybe we should go to the world of uh, the dictionary. The dictionary? For worst takes of all time. Oh, boy. What happened? Well, you see, the um, wonderful people at the um, Cambridge Dictionary use the word female, but with a note. And, and what does that note tell us
2: there, Pat? Except in scientific writing, most people find this usage of female offensive. Say, say that again? What? What? Except in scientific writing, most people find this usage of female offensive. So female is
0: offensive now.
2: By most people So are we
0: on like Sixth wave Seventh
2: wave Feminism at this point Like what the I Question How do they know It's by most people And what Pretel would you Rather us Use
0: Furthermore What is a woman Thank you That was so 2022 of you (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Yeah
2: But wh- why do I have a feeling that that is still going to be applicable in
0: 2023? Uh, is that what you call foreshadowing, Pat?
2: Uh, a little bit, yeah. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, um, since you went forwards, how would I go backwards? Sure. Because uh, Ro Khanna, the c- uh, Congressman Ro Khanna, who uh-huh. we actually were su- was surprised to see him actually like say something smart a few weeks ago remember that
2: oh like, yeah yeah crap. i do remember that. holy crap
0: huh? he just said something smart and then he totally went and redeemed himself because <clears throat> redeemed himself no. i don't think that's the right word he totally demonized himself um roll because twitter lives forever vis-a-vis screenshots why are Supreme Court justices appointed in the 1980s making decisions regarding women's bodies in 2022? We need 18-year term limits for Supreme Court justices. The time for many justices would be up. How
2: do I uh, how do I put this um the Supreme Court's not making decisions on anyone's bodies. They are not. All they are saying I'm is at- that the Yes.
0: There's there's another part of this that makes this the worst take of all time. Are you kidding me? There's more to this. Read. I'm going to put this back up for you. Please read for me okay. the very first sentence.
2: Why are Supreme Court justices appointed in the 1980s making decisions? Regarding women's- uh-huh. What Supreme
0: Court justice was appointed in the 1980s? I don't think any of them were. Carry the one. Yeah, exactly. Not a single one of them. Clarence Thomas is who he's likely referring to, and he was appointed in 1991.
2: What you talking about, Willis? Did he just Joe Biden himself? Yeah. mm -hmm. Yeah. And he... (laughs) Now, the
0: other part of this, and I'm not going to put this back up for a third time, the other part of this is that readers added context that they thought people might want to know, namely that none of the Supreme Court justices were appointed in the 1980s because the oldest Clarence Thomas was appointed in 1991.
2: I mean that's up there with Joe Biden. That's that's got to be that, that that has to rival some of the things that Joe Biden has said in in recent months.
0: Uh yes, I, mm-hmm. it, it's got to be one of the worst freaking things I've seen in a long, long time. I, I just to if you if you're gonna make that point right, gotta come strong with your facts, man. It, 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 no, nah, just especially something so easy to look up, if you don't know it,
2: <sighs> mind you. As I was saying previously, that uh, you, uh, the Supreme Court, didn't make rulings on women's bodies. They they simply said this cannot be federal law because there is nothing in the Constitution to for the federal government, to have that power. Therefore, it must go to the states. It's all that happened. But I digress. Okay.
0: So, Pat, we were on break Mm -hmm. because there were the holidays. There was Hanukkah.
2: Right?
0: Uh Okay, that's one of them. There was um, the New Year. That was the second Uh one of them. Now... Now, question for you. (laughs) F-U. Off the show. Okay. (laughs) Just hard line in the sand. That never gets mentioned on the show again. (laughs) Fair Um, enough. A bullshit holiday for bullshit (laughs) people. You want to celebrate that for reals? (laughs) Me and you
2: fighting (laughs) it. Not you. I, I apparently had a very sensitive side of Andrew on that one. Yep. Yes, you did.
0: F you and, I and F your Kwanzaa. But there was a very important reason for the season. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. <clears throat> Christmas. Yes. That's about celebrating the birth of christ whether it's factually correct that it was december 25th or not right correct it's about celebrating the birth of our lord our savior jesus christ correct okay okay now has christmas been secularized in many ways yes some of it has yes like now do christians participate in secular parts of christmas yes Yes. Question, though. Uh Uh-huh. How do you spend a secular Christmas anywhere? Because, correct me if I'm wrong on this, Pat. December 25th, if you are a true non-believer, if you are a true person of no faith right if you're an atheist if you're a non-believer if you're sometimes agnostic Mm -hmm. it's just another day then right right so why do you have to make it anything for yourself you don't bingo but the washington post They wanted to um, let you know how you can spend a secular Christmas in Washington, D.C. It's just another bleeping day to those who are, quote unquote, secular. So how, how do you think? How do you think they described how to spend a secular Christmas?
2: Please tell me it wasn't anything like uh, some sort of adult show or anything like that.
0: Oh, no, 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 no.
2: Okay. You,
0: you go and eat Chinese food. Huh? Yeah, that's right. You go to a Chinese restaurant. Uh-huh. Um, go to a Kennedy Center concert. Uh-huh. And then you make sure to go sightseeing. Uh Uh-huh. So, in other words, hear me out on this, Pat. Uh Uh-huh. It's called The Weekend. Sounds like it. So, you're supposed to go see monuments and order Chinese. Um. Quote... In my house, my spouse and I have combined our traditions. My family's penchant for ordering enough Chinese food to feed the Maccabee Ar- uh Yeah, the Maccabee Army. And her side's insistent on heading to the movies. This is how we do Christmas Day in D.C. So they eat Chinese food and go to the movies. I just, you know I'm, who else does that, Pat? You know who else goes to the movies on Christmas Day?
2: Christians. Uh, I was going to say probably Christians. Muslims. And- Uh huh. Jews, yeah.
0: Buddhists. Am I
2: missing? Oh, Hindus, Sikhs. Why did they um specifically say Chinese food though? Well, because on
0: Christmas Day there is a large tradition. That Chinese restaurants are usually the only restaurants open. Because they don't really celebrate Christmas
2: by okay. large in their
0: culture. Well, I, I guess that's because they don't but... have a large religious culture. Now, there are religious people in China, quite a few of them, like millions of them, but
2: relatively speaking, in that size of a country, it's a very small minority, right? Correct me if I'm wrong though, but a lot of these places that they're suggesting that you go to on Christmas were shut down on Christmas given that it was also on a Sunday.
0: The movies weren't. The movies weren't, really?
2: Why not? No, it's one of the
0: used to be one of the biggest days of the year for the movies. But, but But This is the reason why this is one of the worst takes. Not only is that totally, absolutely stereotypical, right? Oh, Chinese Uh food and blah, 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 blah. Pat, I got another question for you. How do you think you celebrate secular Christmas
2: in, say, New York City? I don't know. Go to Rockefeller Center and go ice skating. Hmm. Glad you mentioned that,
0: because they have some suggestions, according to uh, the Washington Post, about how to do this in New York City. Get Chinese food, go to the movies, and do something outside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Three, that were the same as what you're supposed to do in Washington,
2: D.C. Um, Just for kicks and giggles. Um don't Christians do all those things too you are correct um now 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 Pat-huh The
0: Washington Post also wants everybody in Los Angeles to celebrate a secular Christmas okay um how, how do you think Los Angeles gets down with a secular
2: Christmas go to a Lakers game um mm. Maybe 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 watch some football. Mm, mm,
0: um, mm. No, Pat, you're missing the, the point.
2: Chinese food, movies.
0: Go look at things.
2: Oh, oh, okay, okay. Um, do, do they have any others? <clears throat>
0: Houston, Chicago, and Seattle, Pat. They did. They did all of the major major areas of the country. So, so, so let me guess. Chinese food, movies, sightseeing. Bingo, bongo, bango! You win some more of Dominic Izzo's money.
2: Oh, we're we're, we're still doing Izzo's money this year, huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. until okay. he pays us. i mm-hmm. will okay.
0: just keep racking enough. that bill up, and, and until it's large enough for us to actually sue, and and then we got to be enough money that, right? to to at mm-hmm. least break even. We- <laughs> <laughs> we gotta be getting closer,
2: though, right? Yes,
0: yes, yes, yes. Okay. So that's right. The Washington Post wants you to know that in every city, here's how you celebrate a secular Christmas. You do the same bleep, you do the same bleep, and you do the same third bleep. I, I, I just what in the absolute hell! I have an idea. I have a really good idea. If you are not Christian, if you have no relationship with Christ, Christmas is just another day. Try that. Why are you putting a Christmas tree up if you don't believe in Christ? I would suggest that the Christmas tree is the secular thing to do. So you've been celebrating secular Christmas your entire bleeping life. The only thing you're not doing is going to church and worshiping the fact that our Lord and Savior has been born. Pieces of trash. You want to talk about clickbait, right? Yeah. I just, what? What? But unless you think it's all left wing lunacy and craziness, um, <clears throat> I think the the worst of the worst takes is about to come up, Pat. Oh boy! Okay. Courtesy <clears throat> of of our fine friends at uh, at GOP on Twitter, Republicans believe in limited government. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> i didn't realize the uh, the gop was made up of comedians <laughs> i saw that
0: like on my twitter feed as it was like literally had just been gone for a couple of seconds at that point and i, I forgot where i was i was i think it was it wasn't the dinner table oh we were just kind of sitting around um <laughs> my in-laws and i was like I just busted out laughing and my mother-in-law looks at me and I was like, I don't know if you would understand this. And I showed it to her and she's like, that's a bunch of, <laughs> you believe in limited government. And you literally tweeted this out three days after you decided to support $1.7 trillion in an omnibus bill. What the you can't you can't be sure. do like i want to know who in the absolute hell is running that twitter account that thought you know what we're gonna do here we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna sandbag the shit out of our own people <laughs> i mean merry freaking
2: is- christmas and a happy bleeping new year to you this this is a this is satire, right? This has this has to be satire coming from that Twitter account. It has to be. No, because no, no, they were the only, they were serious. The only the only party that, that hates you more than the Democrats is the GOP.
0: Proof positive. I, I just what the, Oh boy. All right. So this next, this next worst take comes from an alleged
2: libertarian. I'm going to warn you that I said the word alleged libertarian. Just for kicks and giggles, who is the alleged libertarian in this case? Uh, I think it's
0: Dan Ilgore or Danny Ilgore. Okay. I'm not familiar with him, but okay. Oh, it's Daniel Gorbatenko. I'm Daniel- still not. Dan Ilgore on Twitter. So, if you're not watching, you're, you're missing the, the visual cues here, but he tweeted out the following on December 29th. Since mid-2021, it's been baffling for me to observe many opponents of lockdowns and other coercive measures governments took against COVID turn against COVID vaccines, even though they clearly allowed us to leave the forced dis- distancing, masking, etc., Behind. Did did they? Did they?
2: Did they? Was it no. the vaccine
0: that did that, Pat? Uh,
2: no. It didn't. It was um, the
0: illusion that the vaccine was the panacea that cons- opened large swaths of society to the concept of safety. The perception of safety. But in places like Chicago, New York, LA, San Francisco, I could go down a list. The vaccine was actually used as a cudgel, as the carrot and the stick, right? it was used as a weapon get it and then you can open society get it and then you can participate it it, it was arguably the greatest the worst the greatest experiment the worst atrocity committed Against humanity, ever. Why do I say that? Because people were either going to push you to get vaccinated or you die. China. They have a bull crap vaccination there, right? Their vaccine sucks, it's terrible. Their people are dying like crazy. They're being shut into their homes, literally. Right now, they've ended their lockdown policy, thank God, after all the protests and stuff. It had nothing to do with the vaccine. It had everything to do with the political will, the will of the people telling the politicians, if you don't, the politicians reading the tea leaves of, if you do not, this tipping point will come your way very soon. They read that political tea leaf and released the hounds as soon as they knew that they would get political credit. This had nothing to do with it. And furthermore, what part of the vaccine suggested that these people believed that it was safe? Again, if you believed that safety was the, the issue here, right, and that it allowed us to release this... Why the hesitation in Chicago and L.A. and New York, right? Why the participation in vaccine mandates? Why the participation in vaccine cards, right? Show me your papers. The, the damage that was done to our society vis-a-vis that perception. This is from a so-called libertarian, Pat. But well, there's a second part to this statement. Okay. Now, he started to claim, right, that the vaccines allowed us to get back to whatever, right, much faster than would otherwise would have been the case. True, governments chose to mandate vaccines even for the non-vulnerable, which I don't condone, but not everything governments mandate has to be a bad thing. This was a bad thing. And here's the proof of this. Okay. Here's the proof of this, Pat. I'm going to put this graphic up on the screen and then we'll discuss. From at Biophysics FL on the first of the year, 2023. Meta analysis of pre vaccination era COVID infection fatality rates. The median IFR was 0.003 at 0 to 19, 0.002 at 20 to 29, 0.011 for 30 to 39. If you're in your 40s, it's 0.035 and 50 in your, in your 50s. If you're 60 to 69, it's 0.506%. Pre-vaccination era COVID infection. You got infected and you died.
2: I'm just... Curious here, do we by chance have the numbers for post vaccination era? I don't, does it matter? No, but to, I, to I the point that this man
0: it. is making, right?
2: That
0: the mm-hmm. vaccine was this panacea that allowed us the protective coating of safety. When, and hear me out on this, when it would have been the truth about what this is and how it can affect, and more importantly, how actually dangerous it really was. Had people grasped that truth instead of the fake? And I go back to a debate that I ended up having with a family member all the way back in April of 2020, talking about the absolute garbage data that was coming into these models, and the garbage data that would then have to come out of the models, right? And that has been my that has been my meta analysis on this whole thing. It started from the get go with absolute garbage data coming into these modeling uh, formulas and algorithms. Therefore, unless your data was good coming in. You can't input shit data and get positive results. You're going to get shit results. Bad data in equals bad data out. Good data in equals good data out. I didn't say that it would be a good result or a bad result of that data, right? I said it right. would be good data. That means solid information to work from. Whatever that would have been, my contention was that this was going to be just like the flu. At its worst, when it comes to fatalities to those who are not old or having pre-existing conditions, right? That has been my take on this from roughly early March of 2020. As I took a look at how they were gathering and where they were getting the inputs of their data and where those inputs were coming were, you know, all of these states, right, with very inconsistent ways of reporting, very inconsistent um, recording of data, and then taking that inconsistent data and then jumbling it all up inside 50 versions of it and deciding to throw out an answer. Imperial College told us that by August of 2020, 2 million people in the United States of America alone would be dead. It took us almost three years for that to happen. Not four months. The IHME modeling, right, told us that by August, it could be upwards of 3 million. Not even close. Not even close. They're off by factors of, you know, powers of ten. I just so I'm going to go back, Pat, to this. Since mid 2021, it's been baffling for me to obscure uh, observe many opponents of lockdowns and other coercive measures governments took against covid turned against the vaccines right even though they clearly allowed us to leave the forced distancing masking etc behind they didn't do that they didn't the va- no the vaccine had nothing to do with that because if that were the case pat if it were just the vaccine right and 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 its protective power Why are we seeing now a relative surge, right? When we compare last year's winter surge to this year's winter surge, this year's winter surge looks like a kiddie pool wave compared to the tsunami that hit us last year. It has nothing to do with the vaccine, by the way, because the vaccine has been proven to not prevent, not do anything when it comes to transmission, has no protective power at all. It, 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 and that is much. the biggest lie that was told over the last year and a half. The biggest lie for almost two years now. Yeah. The right, biggest the of those lies and is and that the
1: CDC
0: said not, that. Yeah, it's not just that, But I want to. I want to be clear. The biggest lie was not about protective. It was not about whether it was going to do the transmission or not. Right. It is this lie that you're continually going to hear, and the lie is that it. It provided protection from severe illness or death. That is an unprovable statement. You could never prove that, ever. You know how I know it? The only way to prove it is if somebody were unvaccinated got sick. You can't reverse that.
2: Before we move on to the next the next one here, I I, I do want to ask a question with this. Uh-huh. Because the, the premise here is that COVID, COVID vaccines allowed us to return to normal. Well, first of all, what is normal? Second of all, we're, we've seen a rise in things like myocarditis and, and other heart-related issues in in this vaccine era, right?
0: Uh-huh.
2: Is that normal? Is that normal? Because my, my definition of normal in this case would be is that we've returned to some sort of state that was pre-COVID, right? Mm-hmm. Well, there is no such thing as going back to pre-COVID at this point. There isn't. Mm-hmm. So if, if that's the case, and now we've, we've seen all these side effects come out of COVID and, or, or the COVID jab, I should say, and create all these side effects, long-term effects, and even in some cases, death – Is that normal? I submit. Hell no, it's not. No, there's nothing normal. Mm -hmm. And then furthermore, the
0: suggestion that not all government mandates are bad mandates. (laughs) What you are attempting to do is, as a libertarian, this is the most offensive, quote unquote, libertarian statement I have ever heard. This is not libertarian in any way, shape, or form. Get something so that you, it it is literally, you should do the coerciveness of this statement, right? If you didn't, if we didn't do this, right? If we didn't take the vaccine, government wouldn't have taken the ball. Like what? Government took the ball away from every one of us until we got vaccinated government did that we as the people had nothing to do with this and most importantly mandating that you take something ingested into your body whether or not it works irregardless of its efficacy irregardless of that regardless of that excuse me I want to use proper language, regardless of the efficacy of taking it. The libertarian position is always this, my body, I choose what to take into it. That is the most anti-libertarian thing that you could possibly suggest is that, that the government should be able to mandate what I do with my body when it comes to me, me. I didn't say Pregnancy. I didn't say the fetus growing in me or however you want to do that. When it comes to taking a shot, that is the most personal thing that you could possibly do. And to suggest that government should be able to do that vis a vis mandate, whether that is the polio vaccine, whether that, whatever it is, Pat. There are things that are reactive in tons of shots, and that should be my choice. That should be between me and my doctor understanding that, and as a child too, by the way, my parents understanding what the consequences of taking these things should be. And shame on parents who don't ask those questions. More importantly, shame on parents who don't discover whether or not something might have an issue for their child. But hey, i got to take it because everybody's doing it. No! Here's the libertarian position on everything that involves COVID, Pat. Here it is. You want to wear a mask? Wear a mask. Have at it. Leave me alone. You want to take the shot? Take the shot. Have at it. Leave me alone. There we go. I don't have to judge you. You don't have to judge me. More importantly, we all we we all know if you've been paying attention that the shot does nothing to protect you, does nothing to prevent sickness, just like it does for me. It's the most anti-libertarian thing I've ever seen from an actual supposed libertarian on Twitter. This is the most ridiculous statement I have ever seen.
2: I would suggest he's not really libertarian. Yeah, yeah. You, you think? I mean, think. I, I'll be the first to say I'm not full on libertarian either, but that's definitely not libertarian.
0: Oh, uh, but we're not quite yet done with the uh, the old uh, COVID here, the insanity of COVID, Pat. We're not quite done with it yet, uh-huh. because uh, we got our friends from Boston, according to the Blaze. One of the largest school districts in the country made waves Friday by announcing a quote unquote temporary masking period for students and staff upon return to classes at the end of winter break. As an indicator of how politically toxic such a measure is, even in deep blue Boston, the letter sent to parents by BPS President Mary Skipper uh, studiously avoided calling the policy a mandate and in fact said that it was quote, not a mandate. The letter even underlined the point by stating, quote, no one will be disciplined or sent home if they refuse to wear a mask. Skipper justified the policy to WBZ in Boston by saying there has been a, quote, significant increase in pediatric hospitalizations due to the combined effects of RSV, COVID, and the flu in the area. She did not point to any scientific studies suggesting that masking would be effective, would be an effective mitigation strategy against these diseases. Uh, Question. So I'm not mandating it, but there's no punishment if you do. So, hear me out on this, Pat. I Mm -hmm. I have a very easy solution. Mm -hmm. If you feel that this is going to do well for your child, if you want to mask your child up, go for it. We're not going to do anything one way or the other.
2: I was that. That was going to be my thing. Is like then what? If you're not going to, if there's nothing punishable by this, and you're not going to actually require it, then what? What it what what's the point of having the policy?
0: Now, could you come out with a letter that says, "Hey, by the way, as an informational thing to parents, that hey, we're seeing an we're seeing an increase in RSV, flu, all these things. Here are some ways that you might protect your child."
2: Which Guess be what? My school acceptable.
0: district did that when I was growing up, and it were yep, you know so take some vitamins, do these do mm. these things at home, right? Make sure you're frequently washing your hands or whatever have you. Uh, fine. Go ahead. Give us a list. It's a recommended list. So what? Go for it. Have at it. But but this is this is the potential. What they're trying to do here is use the power of you know position, if you will, to persuade everybody to do these things. And and if you don't, shame on you. The power of shame, right? I'm a Catholic. I know the power of shame better than anybody. Us Catholics know it very intimately. This ain't it. This ain't it. All right. So now that we got the uh, COVID insanity out of the way, here, Pat. What what other thing could possibly be insane?
2: Uh, I'm assuming you're going to tell me something.
0: How about David French wanting to repair men in society? You know, Mr. Drag Queen Story Hour is a blessing of liberty. David French. I'm going to read. Okay. Quote, and this is the very beginning of his article in The Atlantic. Every now and then you see a statistic that illustrates a societal challenge in stark terms. Yesterday, Brad Wilcox, the director of the National Marriage Project at the University of Virginia, tweeted data from the Current Population Survey showing that 95% of upper-income moms are married, 76% of middle-income moms are married, and only 35% of lower-income moms are married. That is a shocking disparity, but it makes certain But it makes a certain kind of immediate intuitive sense. After all, many married families are dual income. Of course, they're going to have an economic advantage over single moms. Married females with uh, present fathers don't just provide disproportionate emotional uh, psychological benefits to children, but are also more economically stable. But it's one thing to say, as I did earlier this week, that rebuilding America's marriage culture is an urgent matter of economic opportunity and stability. It's another thing entirely to think through how we can address the marriage gap and change the course of so many American lives. Now, on the one hand, he's not totally wrong here, right? Right. But what is – so uh, there are two two data truths that I know, Right. Garbage data in, garbage data out. Number two, correlation, not causation. Not all the time. I I I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this by saying this, Pat. Uh-huh. That when you when you are attempting to look at marriage rates and um where a single mother would fit in. you're missing the point. Okay. Because that's not necessarily causation. That single mother could be a single mother for hundreds of different reasons, right? It has nothing to do with necessarily her ability to earn income. Are, are there, are there not single mothers who are high priced attorneys? Yes. Right. I mean, they, they fit all bills. They come in all sizes. Right. What you need to understand and look at is of those single mothers, right? How many of them, how many of them have never bothered to allow or have the father in the home? How many of them are have, have multiple kids with multiple men who are never in the picture? You have to understand some of the other factors that come in here. Is it, is it important to understand that there might be a correlation here, and maybe it's worth exploring that correlation and causation? Yes. But that doesn't mean that it's necessarily true, yet he tries to draw that conclusion. This is the same man who told us less than two years ago, Pat, that, again, Drake Queen Story Hour is a blessing of liberty. <coughs> I, I have now a question. Now you care about men? Now you care about actual men
2: and fathers and, and American fatherhood? Go bleep yourself. Well, I, I, I have a question here, though. Mm-hmm. How is it exactly he wants to repair men? Because it sounds to me, like just, just from reading that, it sounds to me that he's looking at the idea of repairing relationships or marriage, not necessarily men. So –
0: I think part of what he attempts, and I didn't read the article because I was not about to pay for the Atlantic, but um, what I can tell you from other people who have and have given excerpts of it is that he attempts to make the the correlation of responsibility uh-huh. to marriage, responsibility of fatherhood, responsibility, period, uh-huh. in our okay. society. And I don't disagree with that, but here's the not problem. Either. This is this is the chutzpah. Of a man who tells us that he supports Drake queen story hour to tell us anything, anything about what it is to be a man, anything about what it means to be a father can go bleep himself. This is a man who culturally is bankrupt, a total bankruptcy of culture.
2: You want to repair men? You should. Be trying to end things like drag queen story hour. Yep, and it's not because, that is, that is, that
0: and it has nothing was. to do with we shouldn't expose kids to 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 this. For me, this is about this. It is about we are promoting a lie as a society. Cause it, <clears throat> excuse me, as a culture, we are promoting a lie and accepting that lying is okay some people no you cannot change your biology it doesn't work like that well biology is not gender right gender is language right you want to change language mm, let's have that debate but then you're gonna to have to tell me how i'm supposed to define a feminine and a masculine are, are feminine and masculine now not a thing because if they are, we need to know them. Because that would mean they're what male and female. How do you differentiate, especially in non-English languages? You can't and you don't. It's why you see Hispanics saying "bleep you" to to the um, the attempt to you know X out uh, all the stuff Latinx and. Uh, all that sort of stuff, right? Latinx. No, no. Why? Because they understand that gender is part of language. It's an integral part of it. And you cannot just simply change it. It doesn't work like that. Can you change words? Can you ease words in and out of language? Absolutely, you can. But what you cannot do is change a structure of language. And that's what they're attempting to do here, Pat. They're attempting to sell the the physical lie and the and the and the um cultural lie. Right. And those people like David French that want to tell us that this is just a blessing of liberty. You don't understand liberty and you don't understand what it means to be a man. So get out of here with that discussion. Out of here. Speaking of getting out of here and discussions, though, Pat, I got another one from our fine friends at the GOP. You ready for this? The GOP again? Okay, yeah. go for it. Because two days after we support limited government, <clears throat> the GOP told us that we fired Nancy Pelosi this year. <laughs> Who, who wants to tell them that they utterly failed? Look, okay, so here, here's, here's a great example, and I used this example over, over the break when I was talking to a buddy of mine. Here's a fine example of this. What was your company's sales goal for 2022, right? If your company's sales goal was $100 million, in the previous year you, you had $50 million as your sales goal. This year you only hit 75 million. You were 25 million dollars short of your goal. Yeah. That that doesn't mean that you succeeded. Correct. Um you, you failed miserably. It would be like saying, "Well, at least we made some money." Now, Could you have had a projection of where your sales numbers were going to be? Even within that projected number, Team GOP failed. Rona McDaniel, Kevin McCarthy, Ditch McConnell, y'all failed. Miserably failed. You have a senile... Asinine president, one of the worst economies, if not the worst economy or the worst inflation in most people who's listening to this is lifetime. Now, Mr. Patoni, I told you up front um, there was going to be a link to Paul Ehrlich. Yeah. 60 Minutes had this segment on its program yesterday, because we're recording this on Monday night.
1: Oh boy. Finding solutions to the problems was the goal two weeks ago at the UN Biodiversity Conference, where nations agreed to conservation targets. But at the same meeting in 2010, those nations agreed to limit the destruction of the earth by 2020, and not one of those goals was met. This despite thousands of studies, including the continuing research of Stanford biologist Paul Ehrlich. You know that there is no political will to do any of the things that you're recommending. I know there's no political will to do any of the things that I'm concerned with, which is exactly why I and the vast majority of my colleagues think we're, we've had it, that The next few decades will be the end of the kind of civilization we're used to in the 50 years since ehrlich's population bomb humanity's feasting on resources has tripled we're already consuming 175 percent of what the earth can regenerate and consider half of humanity about four billion live on less than ten dollars a day they aspire to cars air conditioning and a rich diet, but they won't be fed by the fishermen of Washington's Salish Sea, including Armando Briones. The tribe has been fishing salmon here for hundreds of years. Yeah. And your generation is seeing the end of that. It's getting harder and harder. Um, I hate to say, I don't wanna say it's the end of it. Why do you feel so emotionally attached to this? everything we know i'm fortunate enough to know where i know a lot of different things i've done a lot of different things in my life um i've gotten good at uh evolving and changing um but not everybody here is built like that and
0: so i wanted to to stop there because that's an The the insanity of all of this. Here's the rub on this. Your ability to adapt, overcome, change, evolve, that's just called growth. That's what that is. And if you can't do that in life, period, it doesn't matter. If you cannot do those things in life, you're not going to be successful. Whether that is a circumstance that you created or a circumstance that happened to you is how you figure out a path forward that matters. Whether that's, you know, I I look at the literally 30 million people who lost their jobs overnight because of, of government decisions from COVID, right? It was a blessing for me that I ended up losing my job. That I ended up not creating and furthering a path that I had forged for myself within that company. I wouldn't be where I'm at today. I wouldn't own my own business, right? I wouldn't be doing the things that I'm doing. I would have been content with growing and doing the things that I did within within a company. I was still growing, don't get me wrong, but I was doing something for somebody else. And now I'm doing something for myself, by myself. And hopefully the furtherance of, of those that come after me whether that is because of environment or circumstance or happenstance. That's the reality of life. But furthermore, Paul Ehrlich, Paul, Er, he's the one. Are you bleeping me? He told us that by 19, we, by 1990, we'd have 20 by the nineties, 90 or nineties. We would have 23 million people living in America. We have 340 million almost living here now. We're over 330 million strong in America that we know of. What you talking about, Willis? Every time somebody like Paul Ehrlich or others of his ilk, every time, Pat, name one prediction over the last 50 years to CBS's point, name one that has come true. The answer is you can't because none of them have. And by the way, Paul Ehrlich in his ilk in the 1970s believed we were about to freeze ourselves so far to death and we'd go through all these food shortages because of that and all this other stuff. Oh, and by the way, um, there are less people in the world in poverty today than ever before. Is that a byproduct of the devastation of climate change? Or, alternatively, capitalism in its offshoots have lifted more people from real poverty. You know, they talk about the $10 a day, right? Did you hear that number? Yeah, I did. It used to be a dollar a day. Now, is that to the United States standard? No. Is that to Western Europe's standard? No you would actually overwhelm a society if you just snapped your fingers and decided everybody lives to the standard of the United States of America. And furthermore, if everybody lived to that standard, there would be no standard. It doesn't work like that. That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. And the suggestion that... uh, What are we talking about here? Like, honest to God, I I don't understand how these people continue to have jobs. He is the Anthony Fauci of climate change. In fact, I would argue Anthony Fauci is the Paul Ehrlich. Because Paul Ehrlich came before Fauci. They're one in the same coin. They are grifters. At some point in time, if you've gotten every single prediction you have ever made based off of, quote unquote, the science and data, right? If you have done that, when do people stop putting you on a pedestal and stop putting you in front of a camera? At what point in time do people say, oh, hell no? How many times do you cry wolf before somebody says no? But CBS has the agenda. Here we go. All right, Pat. So we have a few more that we could get to, but I think we need to cut it there. Like, this this is the insanity that took place on our list. That's how insane mm-hmm. this break period was. That's how bad some of these takes were. With yeah. that being said, though, it is time for us, Pat, to move on to predictions for 2023. And I'm going to let you go first with your first prediction.
2: For this year, uh, well, uh, do you want politics, culture, or sports first? Good question, very good question. How
0: about sports?
2: Sports, uh, then I'm going to do this Purdue will be the first Big Ten team to win an NCAA basketball championship in 22 years, and this is the men's team, by the way. A Purdue.
0: Purdue.
2: Yeah, I I think they're very capable of doing so. I mean, I could very This is this is one of those things I could very cuz you never know how the basketball March Madness tournament's going to go. You never know, right? So, There's well, always crazy upsets in it. Huh? He, here's here's what I do know. Uh-huh.
0: It's the teams that can play defense, that have good post play, and can consistently hit from three point yep. that are going deep. Right. It's not about the team that is like not going to avoid streakiness. It's about the team who can get out of that streakiness. Those teams right. that have a, a guy that comes off the bench or a star player who snaps out of a funk or whatever have you, right? And it's also about who's hot. Like it's just like the NFL playoffs. Who the hell is the hottest team out there? Um, I like this pick, but I also think you need to watch out for Wisconsin in the NCAA tournament because they they have all three of those things. True, they I, have I, really I think great post mm-hmm. They have they play really great defense, and they have that that shooter that can come in and absolutely murder you in Connor Uh a a true freshman. Who's only getting better, not worse. <laughs> so, uh, those are two teams from the Big Ten that I I would suggest have deep runs, potential deep runs left in them. I I, I don't trust anybody else in the Big Ten right now.
2: I uh, I actually kind of think Ohio State could be a dark horse.
0: Illinois too, but I just mm. I don't trust that they're a I don't I haven't seen enough from those other teams. You look at Wisconsin, right? They lost right. two. The, the third loss is not the greatest, but the, well, I shouldn't say the third loss. There's only two. Um, their loss to Kansas. It took a miracle from Kansas for that to happen. Right. And they took them to overtime to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And, and they're so their two losses are
2: by like I combined four points or something like that to really good teams. Correct me if I'm wrong though, but didn't Purdue start this season unranked and now they're number one?
0: Yeah, I'm not saying that. I'm just simply saying that like those two teams are made up of very similar play. Mm-hmm. right? It's dominant post play, really good defense, and the ability to get streaky on your shooting from, from outside. That's how you win the NCAA tournament. That's the mm-hmm. formula.
2: Uh, I mean, like I said, I think this will be the first Big Ten team in 22 years to do it. And I would love to see it.
0: I would just love for mm-hmm. <laughs> to badgers,
2: but we'll see what happens.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. I agree with you. I think that'll be interesting. That having been said, I have some predictions for 2023. Um, do you want real estate? <laughs> Politics. COVID. Which one? Start with real estate. All right. So this is one that everybody is talking about in 2023 coming our way a big market crash in the housing sector. We're going to see prices come tumbling down, tumble, 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 and we're going to see the a massive housing issue. Mm. No, it's not. Not going to happen because, hear me out on this, Pat, the housing market has absolutely nothing to do with the broader market. Say what?
2: I actually would agree with that.
0: Here here's what you need to know. There are three things you need to know. Number 1, we are 6 million new home starts short of where we need to be. So until we're making that up, we got a long way to go until things are going to really start crashing. Number 2. Every single broader economic recession has resulted in good news for the housing market with the exception of one time, Pat in 2007 and eight. And what happened? It was the housing sector that actually crashed the market. And then number three, none of the fundamentals of that market of 2008 and 2007 exist here. We are literally the polar opposite. Literally the polar opposite. Back then, too many, too many homes on the market, too few buyers, coupled with crazy ass lending standards, coupled with all sorts of other craziness. uh, Let's just put it this way. There is no way fundamentally, there's just too much elasticity in the marketplace for a crash to happen. There are too few people that could possibly be exposed to foreclosure to also crash the market. Those are the three fundamentals. Foreclosures are different. Lending standards are different. And we have in most cases, less than three months of supply existing in the marketplace for a smaller pool of buyers, by the way. With a small pool of buyers, we're seeing fewer time on the market. We're seeing fewer instances nationally of months of supply than we were six months ago, eight months ago when this market was booming hot, right? (coughs) Oops-a-daisies.
2: Question on that. Uh, Would it be a more accurate statement to say that the housing market is more likely to level out than crash?
0: Yeah, exactly. What people are considering a crash of the market is just a return to normal. In fact, we're beating numbers from 2019 pre-pandemic, the height almost of pre-pandemic marketplaces. We're just going back to normal. That's okay. That's actually healthy. Your second prediction, though, Pat,
2: as you're yawning away at my um, housing market. Sorry. Uh, do you want uh, so do you want politics or culture? Culture. Culture. Okay. Climate change, not COVID, not trans culture will be or the economy will be the cultural focus of 2023. <sighs>
0: Given that story on sixty minutes, yeah, I, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I will say it this way, because they're going to attempt to to tie it to all of those other things. Like we already know about their attempt to tie it to the economy, right? We right. already, but we what we are not seeing yet is that link between trans and this and and far left academia in the climate change movement. Right. We're going to see that as part of the equation, and, and we're gonna see that climate change as actually, they're gonna to attempt to link it to disease and, and all this other stuff, including COVID, right? It, right? If our, because of the change in our climate, we're disrupting our immune systems, and blah, 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 blah. So well, I guarantee you that's gonna be the case. I guarantee you this will be the overarching thing, but more mm-hmm. importantly, Pat, what is this about? It's about international control, International economics versus national right. economics, and unfortunately for us here in the United States, the proxy war that's going on. We're we're on the side of international economics. We're not on right. the side of, of America economics. We're on the side of let's let's kumbaya with the world and and not just shake hands, but uh, but become one, right? How do you do that? You do it right. through the guise of climate change. That's 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 how this is going to go down in 2023,
2: right? Well, and, and here's the thing: I'm not going to say that, that that climate change won't be connected to things like COVID and stuff, as you mentioned. That, that, that's not where I'm going with this. However, oh
0: sure, it it'll be the thing that that is right. on the top shelf, right?
2: And and the re- the reason why I'm saying that is because now that you have a slight majority in the House, I don't I don't see anything of like. LGBTQ mm-hmm. or P or trans stuff becoming like codified law per se, in, in terms of that side of things, I, I, it could happen because there's enough uh, woke uh, rhino type of Republican uh, legislatures that that would do it. But I think it's more likely that you're going to see see climate change. The reason why I'm also starting to saying COVID won't be the center of it, is because people are caring less and less about that all the time. So it's, what, let's what's put it the this thing? way: I don't think mm. people care about it less and less. I think
0: what what is happening are people, over the course of years now, are starting to right. learn to live. Right, they're learning to live with it, just like we should have from the very get go. The messaging exactly. should have been: Hey, look, this sucks right now. We're going to have to ride a wave. For a little while, let's take some mitigation efforts. We're going to work to find this, and we're going to try our best to to take care of of the people that need to be taken care of. But for the rest of us, it's just like when you get the flu, and that's the it, reality of it. I'm not saying symptoms are the same. I'm saying right. the 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 statistical analysis of it. And it turns out that this was exactly correct. That being said, I want to talk about one. Th- go ahead, Pat. You have one more. I was thing going to say
2: one, one quick thing is that that uh, we'll, we'll actually get into this story on WTF tomorrow. Um, You actually sent it to me after I made this prediction, but it actually supports what I'm saying. Yep. A hundred percent. I know
0: you're speaking a little bit of COVID and all that stuff. So I'm going to go there with my second prediction. My second prediction is that uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis in his grand jury that's being impaneled will bring us closest to justice for the lies of the
2: COVID era. 120%, because who else is doing anything like it? And furthermore, who else has the stones to do anything like it? So I agree with you, but mm-hmm. here's the thing, right? We know right now
0: that there's two, two people that are sucking up the oxygen in, in the potential GOP race, right? That's Donald right. Trump, and that's Ron DeSantis. Correct. You wanna help suck some oxygen out of that room, right? You you go this route. You do the same thing in your state. You find a way to do something different in your state. A Christy Nome, for example. You wanna get on the national stage even more? Do it do it there. Highlight the fact that you were one of the few that decided to Say F U from the very beginning, right? Uh Brian Camp in Georgia, right? Uh is a is another one that I think if he actually had some sort of national aspiration, now he might be a little more milktosey, a little around the edges of the establishment for me, but he was very good on COVID. So you take that and you find a way to do something with it. And not because Not 2023, but in 2024, I firmly believe that Donald Trump will not even be in the picture. I I don't believe, I I think he believes in his head that he's going to be able to defend off all this stuff that's coming down the pipeline here. I don't think so. I don't think he survives this politically, socially, any sort of way. So at the end of the day, it comes Ron DeSantis' ball. Well, if you don't want it to be just a one person race here, how do you do that? you got to be a Brian Kemp or a Kristi Noem. you got to have the bona fides, because what can Ron DeSantis say to Brian Kemp and Kristi Noem? Brian Kemp and Kristi Noem can turn to to him and say, I didn't listen from the very Mm get-go. I didn't buy the bull crap faster than you did. I didn't do anything. Right. Like, we were down there, um, still when Chicago had all of its stuff going on. And we were down in Atlanta, and there's literally signs everywhere about, you know, the governor uh, Brian Kemp. You know, it was like a sign that he put up and made everybody put onto their establishment to kind of not absolve them of, of whatever for COVID, but basically saying, yeah, guess what? No, nope, we're not doing something here. So I, I think Ron DeSantis and that grand jury is going to find ways if it gets impaneled and if it goes down to give us some sort of clue of real justice. It's the only way, because we know that Team GOP is going to do nothing, which brings me to my third and final uh, prediction, Pat. The GOP will effectively be a dead party by the end of this year because they will do nothing with the power that they were given in Congress. They will do nothing with it. It's a, I would argue they're sort of a dead party anyway, but the reality that, is like 80 million saying. people, right, went out and voted Team GOP over the last two years, right?
2: It, they're already kind of a dead party. and, and No, we, I mean officially happen- dead. like Right. But we've seen this happen before where they get the power and do nothing with it. I don't think that this is a far off prediction. I think that this is going to happen even before the end of the year. So it's like this, Pat, right? You're at the bar
0: or you're at uh, the restaurant, right? And you're picking up a tab, right? You're the person that's picked up that tab over and over and over again with the promise of the other party going to pay you back for picking it up. Right. How many times do you do that before you stop picking it up after they've never paid you back? Once, twice, three, four, five. Hmm? How many times? How many times? Uh, people are at their wits end with the GOP. People are at their wits end with ditch, right? And if there's a failure to right the ship, there's a failure to hold some accountability for Fauci and his ilk. Uh, the Hunter Biden situation, right? The, the the Biden crime family, as we like to mention it. All of these things, if they don't do anything of substance, if they don't even Change the fundamentals that exist inside Congress that have kind of poisoned the well. If they don't even do that, people are done. There's just, j- just gonna be done,
2: and, and what happens
0: be. from there? So I, that that's my prediction is that the G- gop will effectively just be dead. They'll be the Whig Party going the way of the Dodo Bird. There just won't be, in my view a big organized party coming down the pipeline. It's going to be no. a group of individuals just just doing their thing. Maybe using the term GOP for right now, but it's going to it's going to take maybe 10-15 years, but effectively this party is dead. Look, I have argued that it's been dead for a while because it doesn't understand its base. No. But there's a <clears> difference <throat> between that and like literally people saying, "Yeah, I'm done." True. Your final
2: prediction. My final prediction is Putin admits defeat in Ukraine. I think. Here's the thing. I actually think you're going to disagree with me on this.
0: Yeah. Hmm. I wholeheartedly disagree. So I want to okay. hear your. I want to hear your reasoning for this.
2: Well, I actually i want I want to hear why you disagree with it first.
0: Because. Putin never is going to admit to a defeat in an aggressive
2: uh, war. He just won't. I should clarify. I don't think that he will be like, oh, we 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 lost in Ukraine. I don't think that's going to happen. But I think there will be some symbolic move that says they're done in Ukraine.
0: Yeah, I still totally disagree with you. Okay, Why? So the only way that that happens for me is if there's a if there is a part of the peace agreement that allows national economics to win. That's it. Because what have we what have we told, you, you know, the audience about for the past year plus, right? This war has nothing to do with the things the people the people in the press, the You know, the CIA types, the whatever feed, the things they're feeding you has nothing to do with it. It has everything to do with look at the World Economic Forum versus what the powers that are backing Russia right now want. It's Iran. It's China. It is India. It is Russia. And you look at um, the people that surround Putin, right? Mm. (coughs) They are a firm believer in national economics. It's very different than nationalism. It is national economics because they believe that they can dominate. When that is the case, when you take that off of the international stage and you have to fend for your economic self, they believe that they can do it better than other countries can. So unless there are there are concessions against internationalism economically, right? Mm-hmm. For instance, their opposition to the EU is a great example of that, right? Right. Uh, their opposition to NATO has nothing to do with land. It has everything to do with economics. Okay. So unless that happens here, how do you, How? where's the path for saving face?
2: I don't know. That's what I'm looking one. at. I don't know if there is one. Uh, my, my My logic behind this is it's been almost a year.
0: Oh, yeah, yes. I totally I totally understand the it's been way too long and mm-hmm. you should have if you if we were looking at this from a conventional standpoint, you should have won this a
2: thousand times over by now. Exactly. And so and why haven't, haven't I agree? And and so my thing is this because we, we've talked about the idea. Like, okay, well, he's starting nukes. If he were going to use nukes currently, he'd have done it already. No, to end this thing. no he wouldn't have. You don't nope. think so? Nope. Nope.
0: Not a chance that he would have used him yet, because he needs to look like the sympathetic. Right? In order for in order for him to pull off using them, right? And not looking like a pariah. He has to become the sympathetic. And right now, who's the sympathetic? Ukraine. And it's because he was Zelensky. the aggressor. Yeah. But the only way that that changes is if, if he says, "Guess what? We'll push back to the border here, and we're good." If Ukraine chases into Russia, he becomes the sympathetic to important powers like Iran, China, India.
2: So you're thinking you're thinking he's trying to do a bait and switch.
0: No, I'm not. No, I don't think that. What what I think is that. He is attempting to pr- project strength, right? He is attempting mm-hmm. to project craziness, in an attempt to get this to stop, right? I, I, at the end of the day, the only way that that he actually uses these things would be for again to my point, the sympathetic side. It, if suddenly Ukraine isn't, you know, coming into Russian territory, isn't stopping at the border, and is becoming offensive. He's gonna use them.
2: He will. I I I don't know that I agree with that. Uh you, you could be right. Don't get me wrong. You you really you really could be. And I'm not saying just because he hasn't now doesn't mean he won't in the future. However, I don't think he wants to use them. I don't think he wants because here's the thing. If he if he does use them against Ukraine and any fashion, I oh. think you are risking all-out nuclear war.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not disagreeing so, with you there. I'm saying that he has no plan to mm-hmm. use them. But the only time that he will is if he is the sympathetic party, and he's I, not. I, I don't see a path to that, though. Right, neither do I. Yeah. I don't see a so, path to him being the sympathetic voice, if you will.
2: No and And for the fact that he hasn't taken Ukraine and he hasn't accomplished what he has set out to accomplish, mm-hmm. will he ever accomplish it at this point, it will take years mm-hmm. you know if, if unless he does something drastic, right? Mm-hmm. like new, using noobs there but if he's not going to do that, it, this is something that that could be dragged out for years. It could be mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not to mention. I don't ever see him becoming as sympathetic, and the only way, and I, to your point, I think the only way that, that this could continue is some sort of nationalism in, in, in economics. Mm-hmm. And if, if Russia can continue to do well economically, yeah, they they could potentially continue this on.
0: Yeah, and overall, but, they have been doing pretty well economically. The the, the price but, of oil had, had, excuse me, had increased, right? the The... The the ruble was its strongest that it's ever been. It's come yeah. down from there a little bit, but not a lot. So, I mean, he has accomplished more economically
2: than people realize. But, but I guess my question is, you know, how long does that continue? Does it does it come down to a point where they can't do it anymore? And furthermore, what happens politically within Russia over the next few years? Right, right. That, oh yeah, would... I totally agree with you.
0: So, um, I just don't think that Putin gives up. Um,
2: I, I don't see that in him. I mean, this is a bold prediction. Like, I I, I could easily be wrong in this. Easily. Yeah. Well, so. Hey, one of us will be right. One of us will be
0: wrong. It'll right. be interesting to see how this all plays itself out. And with that, Pat, your final
2: thoughts on today's show. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And welcome to the new year, folks. Please be smart. Be safe. Be
0: kind. Make sure you eat all of your meals today. And as always, Matthew...